being orthodox the challenges and possibilities for lgbt plus inclusion welcome to the priceless podcast Welcome everyone to the Priceless Podcast. This podcast is made in partnership with the European Forum of LGBT Christian Groups. This podcast is also supported by the Foundation HMS and is part of a series, Let Us Be Heard. So maybe this is also an idea for you if you want to apply or if you want to donate to this foundation. For more information, click the link of the foundation in the podcast description. One way you can support this podcast is by subscribing, liking, and of course, sharing with others. You can also leave your comment in the comment section below, or you can contact us in any other way and give us some feedback. You can also support us financially if you want, and all the necessary information is in the podcast description. Today we have a new guest and we are traveling a little bit towards the northeast from where I am and she is from Belarus and her name is Natalia Vasilievich. I hope I said <laughs> I said it correctly. She gives me the thumbs up. So, uh thank you Natalia. Uh thank you for taking part in this. I'm glad that someone from Belarus is joining me and uh you have also a very interesting story, but instead of me saying things about you, uh let us first hear how are you and welcome to the Priceless podcast. Uh, hello everyone. I'm also happy uh, to be in this podcast. It took me a long time uh, to join and I'm happy that finally uh, I can be with you and share my uh, story and my reflection on uh, different issues. As Mikhail said, I'm Natalia Vasilievich from Belarus and now I live in Germany and uh, uh, I'm involved in the Orthodox Church and write my dissertation uh, on the Orthodox Orthodox social doctrine, uh, so the mission of the church in the world, and inevitably this uh, is very much connected also to the issues of gender and uh, sexual orientation and exclu exclusiveness and inclusiveness of the church, and how the church understands itself in modernity, in the modern world, and so on. So before we go into orthodoxy, we already found out that your faith background is orthodox. What is your sexual identity and gender identity? Uh, for me, it's uh, a little bit complicated because uh, I had different experiences in my life and uh, uh, I was born as a girl. Uh, and uh, but my socialization was not uh, uh, like a f feminine socialization, so I was very much uh, um, how to say considered myself more as a male. Uh, uh, but now I understand that um, uh, it's because of the stereotypes. Uh, so I was just myself. And, uh, but many people thought it's not okay for a girl to be as I am, but it was my way to be a girl. And I, I think that uh, playing football and uh, doing uh, things which are normally um, uh, were in my society considered to be male, a guy, boy stuff, it was just my girl stuff. And uh, uh, so, but in that time I a little bit struggled with, um, this, uh, but then also I was in school uh, in a completely female class with one guy. And uh, uh, all the girls uh, uh, called me uh, Vasya. It's a male name coming from my uh, family name. And um, so it was my nickname. And uh, also because uh, I was very uh, from solidarity with a guy who was the only one among girls uh, and who, who suffered to be alone in this class, um, uh, especially in this pubertad uh, time. So I'm more allied with him 
And I was like his body as a male body. Uh, anyway, my socialization was not very uh, female. And I didn't like, for example, to wear skirts because just for practical reasons, uh, especially in the winter, I think so that for him it was not important uh, that uh, uh, which is my uh, gender identity. Uh, he was just friend with me. Uh, so um, that's how I was overcoming my gender identity, but everyone else were calling me Vasya as this male name. So I would say I'm uh, gender queer in a certain sense, uh, uh, but I like to be female, but to be female in my own way. So the, the way I live my uh, life uh, and I live my gender and my sex, I, uh, how to say, maybe it's not conventional uh, female, but... Uh, uh, I feel that I'm female also because I'm, for example, I cannot be priest in the Orthodox Church. So, uh, and sometimes I must say that I'm uh, so being Orthodox and being uh, female. Um, I also have more chances because you know some for some scholarships and for some uh, <laughs> interesting things because we always need a gender balance or something like that. And uh, so, I, <laughs> many ways are open for me um, uh, because uh, female are now are more supported by. Uh, um encouraged by ecumenical organizations, for example. So that's, uh, that has its own privileges, and but also its own limits. I prefer to have rights, equal rights, without limits and without privileges, uh, because privileges is already for me a sign uh, of uh, um, disbalance of the rights. Uh, we need to reconsider uh, uh, many things in our societies because many people are uh, alienated from the basic uh, rights of being themselves and living their life if, if, as they wish and are put in some box uh, uh, which they don't want to be inside. And about my sexual orientation, so uh, uh, I would say... Um, rather that uh, it's also not very important issue for me. Uh, so I don't uh, think of cat this category of sexual orientation when I um, uh, think about my romantic relationships. Uh, but I, I didn't have many in my story of my life. But all people who were uh, I, I was in love with, let's say with this old-fashioned word being in love, no one says anymore love and being in love, it's uh, considered very often not um, modern anymore. Uh, so all people I were in love with uh, uh, were considering themselves as male. Uh, and I, I think, yeah, they were biologically male uh, personalities and uh, they had the male gender identity. So you were talking about being gender queer. Do you consider yourself more part of the LGBT community or do you see yourself more as an ally? Uh, that's also a difficult question because uh, you see, <laughs> even if we speak about this uh, division, um, and it's it's really like if can you be feminist is if you are male? It's also the, there is a big discussion that we need to the the uh, uh, have uh, differences uh, between feminist and pro-feminist, uh, and. How to say? I find it very uh, difficult. Uh, of course, there are some uh, I, I, some things uh, like also with uh, racial hatred and racial um, uh, discrimination, uh, which uh, also can you be uh, like belonging to, uh, to? Can you be black person? Uh, and to say jokes about black people, or can you should be you be Jewish person to say joke, jokes about Jewish people? So how this all this identity things how they are defined? Uh, by uh, uh, for example, a person born from a Jewish father in uh, Israel is not considered to be Jew because uh, it comes from uh, ma maternal mm. line. But uh, yeah. tell it to the Jewish people uh, in Eastern Europe who are uh, discriminated because they have Jewish father and they have family name, which is Jewish. Like, 
All these things, I uh, I think that it's of course it's very important. Uh, I- different identities are very important for us, uh, uh, but. Uh, uh, how to say i don't want to uh, uh i don't feel comfortable when i say that i'm a lie uh, because in, in this sense uh, i am like separating myself uh, from a certain group uh, uh, which cause i support uh, so i prefer uh, to belong to the community uh, how to say i uh, uh, so I consider myself as a part of LGBT. Okay, you have, we have plus. You know, it's very great yeah. uh, idea to have plus. <laughs> You're the plus. So if you if you don't uh, can not put me in the uh, letters, so put me in plus. I I I'm okay <laughs> with that. I love that. I love that. And what you just talked about the different identities, I already see. Oh, that would be so interesting to talk about that, but. Uh, Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, you uh, supporting the LGBT community. And I would like to hear from you how you even started, because you are really rooting for the LGBT community and are within the Orthodox context. So how did it come to the point where you started to consider yourself as part of the LGBT plus community? Uh, it, it was also a long story and uh, uh, it started from the church. My friends who had problems with their sexual orientation. I was like a Orthodox youth leader and uh, we had like helping each other with our spiritual lives and uh, uh, learning about faith and about uh, how being good Christian. And so I had in, in my group uh, some people who were coming to me and saying, do you know something about me? I'm gay and I don't want to be, I don't know what to do with this what what can i do and i also didn't know what what can i how can i help so i started to um, study the issue how we address this issue and um, uh, i found the who is the orthodox gay because he's uh, like an <laughs> uh, um, but in that time, he was uh, a very good Orthodox musician and uh, a nice Orthodox guy. Yeah, and he was, by the way, he was also, also icon of masculinity. Uh, <laughs> uh, because, uh, yeah, and um, so I knew as a good Christian. So I, I thought, ah, he can help me. He knows about Orthodoxy so much. He's, he's so deep uh, in this topic. He, he's from family, uh, which is very Orthodox. So I said, do you know about gay people? Uh, I have some people who have problems with their sexual orientation. Maybe you have idea how can I help them? I didn't know he's gay. And he said to me, you know, there is a forum uh, in internet which is called Overcoming X. It's very good uh, thera- therapeutic uh, forum uh, which um, uh, you can read their materials. They help to gay people uh, to overcome their homosexuality. So I started to read all what was written about uh, how to uh struggle with the scene of uh, homosexuality how to become a uh, um, normal person uh, uh, being in church because god can change your uh, even if, even if you have this problem if you have this um, unfortunate thing which happened to you and uh, god can if you pray if you do certain things god can help you to overcome it that's why it was called overcoming. But for me, the problem with this forum was that uh, uh, one of uh, things they were discussing how to uh, raise masculinity. So you need to start repairing your car and it will help you to... And that is it. How, why repairing the car is connected with masculinity? So that was from my experience of uh, not con- non-conventional female. I felt embarrassed that they consider it uh, their domain, like, and uh, uh, so 
I was like uh, kind of strange. It was strange, uh, but of course I, I had no other um, uh, issue. Then I met Igor Ivanov. Uh, Igor Ivanov is a Greek Catholic theologian in Britain who uh, is um, very nice uh, personality. He translated a lot of James Allison into Russian and Belarusian language. And um, uh, so he just uh, started to speak with me and uh, give another perspective. And then I said, what he says makes sense. Um, and finally, um, came out to me. And I said, that, that was guy for me. It was like a, a, a ideal Orthodox person who knew so much, who was such a believing person, who was so good personality, I could trust him uh, that he will not cheat on anything, like he is very fair person, and so on. So he was like a, a ideal orthodox guy. And then he said, I'm gay. And so for me, immediately, I received all my answers. I said, you see, I know the best Orthodox person in the world, and he's gay. And I said, but why did you send me to this Overcoming X forum? And he said, ah, you know, <laughs> I was trying. I also did, uh, it took time to uh, reconcile with own homosexuality. His journey, all his struggles he had, all his struggles also that he... Uh, put me in the way of uh, on not right path, like this overcoming path. Uh, uh, I, I start to understand very much how much uh, he, uh, he suppressed his personality for so long time. And uh, so really uh, his personal story, uh, I didn't want other people to go through this uh, uh, path uh, of, uh, uh, of tragedies uh, in their lives. And uh, so that's how uh, speaking with him, speaking with other friends, uh, I understood that we are not doing right because what uh, all this uh, overcoming, uh, like repaired, uh, how's it? Repar reparative, reparative therapy, yeah. Therapy, I didn't see any good results in anyone, uh, but I saw uh, good results in acceptance of uh, uh, own sexual orientation by person and also acceptance by uh, his community, he or her or their community. Uh, that life changed the people uh, like they lost their burden with uh, caring with them. So something which was their burden, they started to celebrate it, and something that uh, they tried to put on themselves as a as a um, pressure, uh, they felt as a burden. That gave him no no possibility to develop and also to spiritually grow, and uh, so that was my way. And uh, because I I saw that is bullied also by some other people. Uh, so for me, it was important to stand with him and uh, be near to him uh, in his struggle. And uh, um, how to say, that's uh, how my story started. And uh, uh, I'm very grateful uh, to this experience because I found a lot of people whom, whom I value uh, and whom I found uh, by uh, my uh, activism in the Orthodox Church for LGBTQI plus people. I learned a lot about myself and about God, about God's love, about uh, all creation, about all the world uh, through these uh, uh, relationships, friendships, and it was very fruitful and uh, I cherish it so much. So you're you're a person that worked with youth back then, and then you learned for yourself that it's wrong to try and change someone's sexuality that is considered not normal. How did you reconcile, you know, your work as a youth worker, the stance of the church towards homosexuality, and 
I mean, you already talked a little bit from what I hear that you didn't have any problems with reconciling it with your faith because you realized that's the right way to do. But how did you reconcile all these other things? Uh, how did it work out also, you know, if people found out what, what happened with all of that? Yeah, my uh, my past in the church was also very interesting because um, uh, I didn't want to be orthodox uh, because for me, before I uh, was involved in the church, orthodoxy, and especially Russian orthodoxy, was a kind of unacceptable. For me, it was like politically, uh, culturally completely something out of my page it was rather some something bad uh, uh, in my own society which made harm uh, to my country to my people to myself so i i really didn't like this orthodox uh, russian orthodox church i wanted uh, them to go out somewhere and not to in intervene uh in life of uh, society but then i felt in love with uh, uh, one guy and he was orthodox and he was very very clever he's he, he's philosopher and uh, intellectual and very very clever person very good person and i say to myself so strange how can he be practicing orthodox and be so good so uh, should uh, probably I should go inside the church and see what he sees in the church. I was already Christian. I had uh, faith in uh, Christ, in God, and uh, I wanted to join some community. But of course, I didn't consider Orthodox as a um, possible. It was no uh, community for me. I could imagine Pentecostals, Baptists, Roman Catholics, anyone, but not Orthodox. And then I came and also I met people. So all of them are so nice and good people and so clever people. And the, the liturgy is so beautiful and uh, the books, I, I got good books, uh, which made sense. Uh, theology is so nice. Oh my goodness. Why uh, this treasure is hidden with this uh, completely awful public image of orthodoxy of the Orthodox Church. So when I entered the Orthodox Church, it was already for me like uh, coming in uh, uh, in a place uh, where I didn't agree with many things. But because uh, uh, my own way was to discover uh, a treasure in a uh, P uh, pile of shit, I would say it's really shit. Uh, so uh, I, this shit was always here, uh, but I knew that uh, it's uh, um, it's important to find this treasure, and uh, uh, it's worthy to uh, go through the shit to find this treasure of uh, um, theological thought, of uh, ascetical teaching, of uh, liturgical. Um, um, understanding and so on and uh, so from the very beginning I uh, had to reconcile with many things but I didn't reconcile with them it's it's not the right way I, I was struggling with them uh, because I, I thought that this um, uh, uh, I wanted to also for, for other people uh, for my friends who also considered uh, uh, only so shit uh, to show uh, beauty uh, behind the shit. For me, uh, the whole journey was to reflect uh, how to understand what is here, the core of Christian teaching, the core of God's love, of message of gospel, of uh, teaching of the fathers of the church, uh, what is the uh, real orthodoxy, and what is just um, historical context, political instrumentalization, uh, uh, mistakes, uh, personal uh, uh, passions which influenced uh, uh, the whole what we call orthodoxy. And so for, that's why for me it was like a reflection. I really like ascetical thinking. Also, I very like chastity. Also, many things in a, a contemporary society would be difficult, are difficult uh, to, to, how to say, to accept. 
I also don't like uh, this, uh, how to say, all these advertisements, for example, objectivation of a human body and sexualization of human body to sell uh, things. And that's why in the uh, beginning I said about falling in love, because also I... I don't like the idea of uh, having relationship uh, um, because we don't speak anymore about love uh, and uh, it's um, um, some somehow love uh, became out of the picture and we prefer to uh, use another uh, wordings because also love uh, was very much used for violence for example like uh, violence was called love yes but I want uh, I don't want to get rid of uh, love because it was poisoned by violence I want to uh, so this poison it's like the same as ortho there is love, uh, orthodoxy is love, and it, it was poisoned by many other things. I like very much the uh, Bible uh, story of Moses and uh, people of uh, Israel when they come uh, to, uh, to a stream of Mera, and they are very thirsty because they just crossed from uh, Egypt and they try to drink. They are, they are very, very thirsty, but they cannot drink because the, the taste of the water is uh, uh, bitter. Uh, so Moses takes a, a wood and put it in, uh, uh, in the water and water becomes uh, uh, sweet so they can drink. Uh, so for me, it's uh, uh, to make the uh, orthodoxy sweet again. <laughs> Very often people who uh, have this position, uh, rigid position against LGBTQI people, they just don't know who, uh, who are these people, who are we, who, why we... So sometimes they say, ah, there are some... People who want to destroy churches, they want to destroy Christianity, they want to destroy family, and uh, like a uh, sect uh, uh, somewhere sitting, some strange people who have bad motives, and uh, and so on. So this polarization grows, uh, and uh, uh, you, we don't know often that it's your uh, brother. It's your son, it's, it's your mother, it's uh, your spiritual father who are gay and um, or uh, transgender or, or uh, people having a certain um, um, identities or certain preferences. And uh, um, so, and that's not about uh, uh, sex, for example, like sexual orientation is not uh, uh, about, uh, it's not a porno uh, movie. Uh, and uh, very often people, they really connect uh, uh, like uh, some identity to some uh, be criminal behavior or some violence or some... Uh, things which are bad, but it's not true. So, and that's why I think that learning uh, the stories, personal stories, learning also the uh, science uh, is very important to understand things. And uh, in orthodoxy, I liked um, uh, the developments uh, because I see that now in Germany, the uh, bishops, uh, uh, they are obliged to meet uh, also uh, open LGBT people in ecumenical events. So they know this pastor, she's lesbian, uh, th this person is gay, and uh, uh, so they need to communicate somehow and so to know people and to work together with them and to see what people are really are, not the picture from... Uh, uh, it, it's it's very much the same like the pictures of uh, in Nazi times of Jewish uh, uh, people, you know, like uh, presenting them as an evil... Um, yeah. Monster. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, a monster. It's, it's, it's a little bit the same, uh, but when you meet a real person and uh, you start to say, oh my goodness, the picture does not fit uh, to this person. And that's, that's how you start your reflection. And uh, there was a letter of Orthodox bishops uh, uh, to youth uh, in which they said uh, about, uh, they didn't say we accept everyone as they are, uh, but they said uh, about homosexuality, first, we know the experience of national socialism when uh, gay people were persecuted because being gay. 
and it's not acceptable. It's uh, something we cannot accept. And second, uh, we know that in Bible there are uh, statements which uh, are against homosexuality, which, which can be interpreted against homosexuality. So there are statements. and uh, uh, But also we know uh, that we don't know uh, if... Uh, the statements is about sexual orientation or we don't know from where comes sexual orientation, from where it uh, comes. So what is this, this phenomenon? And uh, because we don't know, we cannot uh, make definitive judgment on this. And uh, I think it's very important uh, because uh, pastors, uh, uh, they are very, uh, uh, for them, uh, also being a youth leader in the Orthodox Church. Uh, I was always expected from by people to uh, that I give answers. So they were coming, ah, you are expert, so give answers. And very often we don't know s- things, but we have to give answers and we give bad answers to people. Uh, and I think this pastoral approach uh, is not so uh, working well in today's world. Uh, and we need also to learn, not only to teach, uh, even if we are experts, it's a learning process. It's a process of uh, uh, mutual learning. And uh, uh, also with Misha, Misha, my friend Misha, uh, which uh, who is uh, uh, author of the letter to the uh, council uh, of the Holy Great Council to Crete, he said, uh, don't think that uh, um, there are some they, them, there are we, uh, and when you preach something, you 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 uh, very often uh, uh, bishops or priests say someone uh, somewhere, uh, but you know you must know that we are here that you preach to me about this, and when you learn that, uh, tell me uh, and let's let's discuss. I will tell you my story. You will hear my story, and then you will judge, uh, and not just uh, to. Uh, judge some picture or some phantom or some uh, phenomenon we need to to learn and for me orthodoxy is also learning process and uh, I try not I I know that uh, probably in 20 years I will have another approach uh, to different things uh, because uh, time changes you get more information it's 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 like uh, you know with in science you have paradigm and then you have cases which do not fit to this paradigm and you need to, to uh, change uh, paradigm to explain. But you never have the theory of everything, complete theory of everything. It's always process. And uh, also in theology, I think we have some basic uh, ideas on which uh, church, why church still exists and uh, didn't disappear uh, and why cre- Christian church exists, the Christianity in the church exists. Uh, uh, that's uh, what nourishes it. Is uh, I, I believe that this is uh, uh, process of uh, uh, search uh, and uh, being based on the love of Christ and believing that Christ uh, 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 incarnated and uh, uh, for us and uh, uh, he was killed and resurrected. So that's. Uh, that, that's the basic story of uh, of Christianity. Everything else is uh, we need to discover. Yeah, I loved how you said, you know, that we don't understand everything and then we don't have all the answers and that we need to learn. And so often me and my friend, we were talking about and my call, she's also my colleague. You know, there is a part in the Catholic catechism because Croatia is mostly a Catholic country where it says you know, there are so many things about homosexuality that we don't understand and we need to approach it with grace. You know, we can't judge them. And we said, if they would just take this approach, like take this seriously, what what someone wrote, it would be already a huge step, uh, you know, to approach it. We don't know everything. We don't understand it but we need to keep our love towards those people. So that's kind of what you were saying as, as I understand it. So, 
you know, you are actually, from what I remember, I'm trying to see, uh, maybe we didn't have that many Orthodox people. Maybe there was one uh, until now uh, on this podcast. And I would like to hear from you what it's what is it like for lgbt people to be a part of orthodox church i know it's a very general question it's very hard to answer and the orthodox church is of course big but maybe i'm mostly concentrating on the orthodox church more in in the eastern parts of europe euro asia this part can you maybe tell us a little bit what your experience is with that uh yeah i think uh, uh, it's it's a very problematic issue for certain reasons because uh, there are uh, many lgbt people in the orthodox church uh, also taking uh, leadership positions and uh, because of uh, historical reasons because of uh, many different reasons uh, uh there is like uh, homophobia uh, uh, coexists with uh, um, these corporate uh, uh, homosexual structures inside the church. It's of course it's mainly male uh, homosexual people who take oppositions, and um, so they call them lobby. But because it's uh, this it's not based on love in the relationship, but it's based on a, a certain close club of male. It's not a fair behavior because it starts to be also part of corruption uh, system in, in the orthodoxy. And uh, so this dynamic of uh, gay people who are out of power structures and who need to hide their life, their identity, their orientation, uh, and who are discriminated and are afraid. Uh, and this power uh, uh, group of people who... Uh, live the life as they want, uh, who have uh, access to resources and who power resources and authority resources, but also who had to hide, but uh, in the other way. So it's, it's two different groups. And um, unfortunately, I think that uh, people who see corruption uh, in uh, uh, so they they also have ideas that uh, um, uh, being gay in the Orthodox Church is like a social elevator uh, in this corruptive system. And uh, I don't know from where to start uh, uh, this. Uh, um, but of course, I f first of all, when I speak, I speak about uh, people who want to live fair. People who want to live open, people who want to uh, be um, fair with uh, God and with uh, their community. And uh, in this sense, uh, uh, for me, uh, it's also a reflection about the structure of the church. I think that this clericalization in, in, in orthodoxy, that this difference of power between the leaderships uh, uh, and uh, uh, lay people, it really makes uh, the, the whole system is uh, corrupted. And uh, uh, so we need uh, to... Uh, as I said, there is a lot of shit, uh, and uh, to reach uh, the treasure, we need to uh, uh, clean uh, uh, a lot of uh, really things which destroy uh, um, human. And I think lie, lie is one of the strongest uh, false things that are something which which uh, as. Um, trying to present itself uh, as uh, truth, like uh, how to say this, uh, things which uh, are not only different, but they try to, uh, uh, I, I forgot how it will be in English, when the, there are grass, uh, which is, uh, I, I forgot like, how to... Uh, weed. Uh, yeah. 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 So uh, I think that it's uh, um, very difficult to distinguish uh, between them. 
And uh, that's why we need uh, theology. Uh, I think that's why we need uh, uh, practice also, uh, because spiritual life, uh, uh, it's not theory, it's practice. We need to judge uh, results. That's uh, my approach. And, and I don't, uh, I think experiments is also very good uh, because they uh, help to see uh, the result and judge from results. And uh, uh, for me, it's, uh, how to say, very important that theology is not theology of, uh, not only theology of basics from who, where we start, uh, but also the theology of uh, uh, goals, where, where do we get with this approach. And each theological uh, uh, concept uh, must be checked by practice. That's what I, and that's why when I see uh, um, also the, the openness to LGBT issues put away uh, this corruption, uh, makes, uh, puts light uh, uh, to, to the community, which allows people to express themselves truly and uh, uh, openly and uh, uh, in the light, to live in the light. Uh, for me, it's very important um, uh, to, to, to see that people become better people. Their faith become uh, uh, more strong and uh, probably more healthy face. Uh, it's not uh, uh, how to, uh, this uh, complex uh, psychotera- psycho uh, psychological complex or uh, but person becomes more uh, aware of himself or herself or uh, of other people and uh, the life changes. The quality of life changes and there are. Uh, so if we see this result, so probably uh, this concept is better. And what I see is a result uh, in uh, people who came out and who started. It, it was difficult choice to, ca- to come out. It's a really difficult choice. But uh, uh, the life, the quality of life then uh, becomes on different level. Yes, you need to struggle with something else. But when you live in light, uh, um, struggling with shadows is easier than when you live in dark. And uh, um, that's why I, of course, for, for me, uh, was very important that, for example, Misha came out uh, because, yes, his life became, in a certain sense, more difficult. And life of uh, his uh, family, of some of his friends became more difficult. But in a certain sense, it became much easier. It it became uh, more uh, confident, and uh, and that's why we need other people, other community, which support us. Of course, if you one against everyone, uh, it's uh, difficult. But if you have at least one person who supports you, someone must to be must be courageous, and uh, someone must uh, take the risks. And uh, it's worthy. And uh, the, I see the situation changes very much uh, uh, since uh, 10 years ago. Uh, and uh, other thing which I see is polarization. Of course, uh, situation changes and many people start to be more open uh, and more inclusive. But uh, in the same time, uh, some people start to be more aggressive and more, uh, uh, how to say, focused on uh, struggling with with the the issue. Uh, But uh, everyone can can choose. (coughs) At least now uh, we can, we have choice. So you're someone who is really, who loves Orthodox theology. I really enjoyed listening to you while you were talking. Uh, you know, you're, I, I don't know, I experienced it as a love relationship, you know, when you were uh, talking about Orthodox theology and the ascetics and, you know, in, in Orthodox tradition. So when you look at the Orthodox theology and also all the works of the church fathers and maybe the ascetics, I don't know uh, how much of a role they play. Where do you see it should be different? Like where 
is there support for making it different in the Orthodox Orthodox Church today? Uh, I think also uh, that uh, uh, because uh, theology is a development and it's very difficult to judge uh, ideas of uh, 500 years ago with knowledge we have now because uh, uh, people didn't have the same knowledge and they um, were more limited in uh, their... uh, So uh, we need to be really careful with historical analysis, with this genealogy of... uh, um, Ideas and sometimes good ideas led to bad result. For example, uh, in about gender issues, uh, this uh, theory uh, of complementar complementarity theory. So first, it was hierarchical theory that uh, there is male uh, sex is uh, first one, female is uh, second one, and they are in in the relationship of hierarchy. At a certain point, complementary uh, theory of sexes became a big step forward uh, from hierarchy because it put it uh, on a kind of uh, horizontal level still uh, with androcentrism. Uh, but uh, at least uh, no one could say that uh, now they started to say that uh, male, male and female are not uh, uh, subordinated, but they are different and they have different functions. And in the end, it also had their limitations and broad problems uh, to how we understand sexes. Uh, and we uh, this... Uh, even today's theory, they probably are innovative and uh, step forward in one thing, but finally they can uh, bring us new uh, problems. And in 20 years, we will say, ah, uh, now we need to struggle with the results of, of this theory. Uh, and that's why uh, I, I say we need uh, this critical approach. Uh, and uh, to to see uh, and to be fair with with what we are uh, so not to be this, uh, when we have ideology behind so for example uh, i i don't think it would be uh, um, justified uh, from my side as a theologian uh, to uh, go uh, into bible or into uh, fathers and say i need to find proofs for my position Uh, it's probably not the fair way to to work with material. I want to see rather how they treated this issue. What was their context? What they wanted to say? What was their priority? Can we apply it today or not? And why not? What changed during centuries? And so on. So we need to be very... Even Bible, we cannot take... uh, outside uh, that, that's why orthodox are uh, very uh, how to say this uh, when they are in discussion with protestants they say ah, it's not right to take uh, bible and uh, to put away that tradition it's a it's a dynamic thing which uh, really develops and uh, uh, we just need to be aware of it and be fair uh, with uh, both with bible and tradition and to understand yes we changed interpretation it's no problem to say we changed we uh, and uh, but also to, uh, not to absolutize what we say now and understand that maybe 20 years uh, we will understand something different. I don't know why I always say 20 years. Why, uh, why I judge this? <laughs> it's something this. Meaning, meaningful for you, 20 yes, years. Yes, probably, <laughs> uh, probably it's a good uh, period of time. But really, um, and be critical to ourselves also. When we um, produce some theological knowledge, uh, we, we should know that it's not absolute. And what I say now, maybe will be judged uh, differently. And that's why it makes us to be careful and just be fair with with uh, uh, with the things. And I see uh, a lot of miso- misogyny, for example, in the Orthodox uh, t- tradition. But also I see uh, women who shaped uh, uh, um, Orthodox tradition. For example, St. Basil. Uh, I like St. Basil because my name is Vasilevich, so it's my one of my favorite uh, saints, Basil the Great, who 
uh, if you see his canons, uh, they will be really interpreted now as a misogynic because they put different uh, demands to male and female. Uh, for example, if uh, uh, um, a woman uh, committed uh, uh, adultery, uh, man could not accept her uh, again as, a, as his wife, but if male uh, man co committed adultery, that woman was obliged to, so it was not fair, uh, for example, <laughs> yes, but, but they were, uh, they were also um, um, people uh, in the same uh, uh, group, uh, like mother or uh, sisters of, of the same church fathers, which probably didn't get uh, directly to the tradition, uh, but they shaped also the uh, many theological ideas of their brothers and uh, sons. And uh, rediscovering them, it's also very nice. Uh, way uh, to uh, to deal with the gender issues for example and uh, yeah just uh, the um, in in the document mission of the church in today's world i think in this document not or in the encyclical of the holy and great council uh, there is a statement no it's a, it's a mission of the church in today's world that the uh, orthodox tradition is an endless source of uh, 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 ideas about human dignity and i like also to uh, treat uh, uh, treat uh, theology as a source tr treat tradition as a source which nourishes uh, and which sustains uh, uh, like a water which helps uh, uh, to to grow uh, and uh, yeah but but still as i said uh, with, with, I, i'm queen of metaphors today uh, about this uh, poisoned water so we need to see what is water and what is poison and it's uh, uh, really uh, important but also what I say I, I think that uh, because I'm believing in God and uh, in uh, Christ uh, uh, in God's providence I would say uh, that uh, uh, we should be also courageous in a sense that uh, Christ uh, pro gave promises uh, not to leave us, not to leave his church. And uh, um, uh, that's why uh, we cannot destroy uh, the church uh, um, because we know that uh, uh, there is someone who takes care of us and of the church and uh, um, in a certain sense, uh, uh, I how to say I give my trust to God, uh, to Christ, uh, that He uh, would not put me in a uh, bad uh, path, uh, and uh, I always ask Him to direct me in my uh, way and to show me the way and to open my eyes and to show if I'm mistaken. And I, I always ask, it's one of my biggest prayers to, to God, uh, show me where I'm mistaken and where I'm doing bad things, considering that it's good. Uh, but my intention is always to uh, serve uh, to this mission of uh, Christ in the world, uh, to be a messenger of uh, love, of reconciliation, of uh, uh, peace, of justice, and uh, uh, that's, uh, I, I think that uh, I want to be, how to say, I want uh, uh, life to flourish, I want people uh, to love each other and not to hate each other, and uh, to uh, uh, have this message of the kingdom of God, where there is no male, no female, uh, when everyone is in Christ uh, uh, together and accept each other and love each other and try to understand each other. And uh, uh, so at least uh, I'm sure that my intentions are good. And uh, um, if I'm mistaken, I ask everyone and uh, God to forgive me and to... Um, to show me probably my uh, bad uh, ideas and uh, let's let's discuss let's uh, make this process let's go together to the kingdom of god uh, as as one that's i also 
uh, try to understand that we are like one uh, group of people uh, going uh, in on Everest. You know, there is in Everest there is a problem that uh, someone goes individually up. And other person can die, can be dying uh, just nearby, and there are a lot of uh, uh, dead bodies around. But uh, you, the person who goes up, uh, has uh, uh, he knows that there will be many dead bodies. But the the thing is to get. Uh, to this Mount Everest, and my approach is that we are all together. We are, we are a team. We are going together. And if someone is uh, uh, not so slow, uh, not so fast enough, it's not. Uh, uh, I should not leave uh, him or her dying in the snow and uh, just reach. No, we we should go together, and we should on this way. Like also refugees, you know, if we are running out, uh, so there are weak people, and uh, but we are trying to escape, we are trying to save uh, um, uh, as much as possible and to help, to be in solidarity with each other. There is no point if uh, I am alone uh, saved. I don't see any point uh, uh, because, uh, yeah, my salvation is salvation of everyone uh, else and it's not... Uh, it's not a sport when uh, we compete with each other. It's a sport which we are in the same team and we need to uh, reach uh, the same goal altogether. For many LGBT Orthodox people, it's really hard because they're staying without the churches and the church might be very important to them. What options would you tell them that they have you know, if they come out in their church community and often they get kicked out or they can't take really part in church life in many ways. So what would you give them as another option if this happens? Yeah, there are uh, communities which are welcoming communities. And more and more such communities are in uh, in the Western world, uh, in the countries of Western Europe or United States. Uh, so some people they really uh, go uh, emigrate just to have a community where they will be welcomed. Uh, it's probably a very difficult option to emigrate, uh, but sometimes. Uh, to know that you have a community uh, abroad or you belong to community abroad uh, makes you be uh, strong. Also, you, there is an option to uh, share only with your close uh, friends who support you and uh, accept you as you are and uh, probably not to expose uh, in a bigger church community, to be rather anonymous. Uh, uh, but there are also many churches which uh, which uh, wants all people to be anonymous, to know nothing about the concrete personalities. Uh, and uh, that's are atomized uh, communities. And uh, probably it's also an option to be in atomized community. Um, because everyone is uh, unknown and uh, their identities, their thoughts, they are really not exposed in any way. So it's also can be comfortable to hide also part of your personality because others are doing the same. Um, uh, uh, one more uh, thing is, uh, I think that of course uh, changing communities are uh, internet. Now we have internet and now in COVID, especially in COVID times, uh, we had um, a possibility to to be in prayer together uh, in Zoom or and so on. So the physical presence uh, and so so we can have communities which are not uh, nearby our houses and belong and feeling feelings as belonging to uh, faraway community, or there are also you can change uh, uh, there are also like LGBT communities in Orthodox countries which are uh, mainly composed from uh, uh, people with Orthodox background because they were not. 
accepted in their own community. So the, the whole de new denomination uh, of uh, former Orthodox uh, LGBT people. Uh, and it's also a way to have like LGBT community, uh, which has its uh, um, uh, positive uh, features because if the community is just LGBT community, then you know uh, that you will be accepted. On the other hand, um, it's... Um, a little bit strange to have a, a community being based on sexual orientation and gender identity of the members of the community. Because, uh, how to say, it's it should not be a community based on social, uh, like a community of workers or community of uh, white people or community of... Uh, uh, so we need to mix... Uh, like we are mixed in society, we need to. Uh, so this it is also option. It also has this positive, um, uh, like to be refuge for people who suffer in their own communities. But still, I believe uh, that in future we will uh, we will reach uh, a level when we will not need anymore to discuss. Uh, gender identity and sexual orientation issues as an issue, like uh, um, being a divisive issue or a uniting issue. No, it's it's it should be uh, it's it should be like uh, uh, not I important. Don't know. Yeah, not important. Yes, it is important for 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 person, but. All this exposing my sexual orientation. I don't come to uh, to the church to expose my gender. I, I don't come and say, oh, I, I'm a woman. I should get uh, now come to church and to show femininity. Or... So uh, some things should just uh, become uh, just normal yeah the, and uh, but we're still on the way and i think it takes 20 years uh, to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more than 20 years um like the national things i also think that in a uh, for example in some nations like belarus uh it's very important for people to say i am belarusian and my country is belarus not white russia uh, and uh, they feel offended uh, uh, and so on, because if you don't feel secure enough, uh, we can lose our country and so on. But in here in Germany, I never saw someone say, I am German and uh, it's so important, my national identity. No, no one, no, they don't care anymore um, to present themselves as German. Uh, I don't see many people wearing German flag, only maybe in football. Uh, but still, I think clubs are more important than uh, national uh, team. So, uh, but that shows that it's not anymore an issue. No one is uh, threatening the German identity, and uh, that's why people don't need to uh, keep it so strong. Uh, and to defend it so let's hope uh, let's hope uh, one day uh, the issues of uh, gender sex and so on will become uh, just uh, demographical characteristics and <laughs> uh, not plain uh, yeah yeah and not a source of fear and uncertainty what if it if someone finds out that someone is LGBTIQ or whatever. So uh, we'll meet again in 20 years and check <laughs> what happened <laughs> to see if your predictions came true <laughs> and how far it got. So we will have this podcast to listen to it and to look back and see what changed meanwhile. So let's meet let's meet in two years again. Okay, okay, we can do that. Maybe that's that's more probable than 20 years, probably. Um, so at the end, uh, I re I'm looking at the time and uh, unfortunately there is not much more time. But is there anything that I haven't asked you and you really think it's important to say it right now? 
what what you want to say. Just uh, maybe you want to uh, subscribe to my Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Uh, we or... can uh, we can we can add. You can find the podcast description. You can find the yeah. Instagram, name. Twitter, and Academia Edu, which is for more difficult things and uh, yeah and uh, i wish everyone uh, all the best uh, health now we started to value health much more than two years ago and uh, yeah so let us all be healthy and this pandemic to uh, over and uh, uh, to care for each other i also like you know uh, the last thing I, I say, when I'm in a train station and they say, take care of each other, uh, like wear masks and so on. So I think this message, take care of each, of each other, is a very strong message. Um, because um, uh, the, the very idea that we are uh, doing everything with care to each other. Uh, and uh, so it's very gospel message. And uh, I say sometimes I feel uh, this uh, lady with mechanical voice on the train station uh, uh, gives me more uh, uh, Christian message on the way to the church than I hear in the uh, in the, uh, sermon of a priest uh, uh, in the church. Uh, and... Uh, uh, so this message of Christ is everywhere, and uh, this basically message of caring of each other and uh, caring of uh, good of each other, and that's what I want uh, uh, orthodoxy to be, and uh, the uh, the core of orthodoxy to be, and that I want uh, the core of a human relationship in this world uh, finally to become. Mm. So if you are lonely watching this or listening to this, uh, know that there is the European Forum uh, where you can become part. There are other people who are also Orthodox and other uh, Christians. You can always contact the European Forum. You have the link in the podcast description and ask them where you can join or if there is a group close to you. So uh, thank you, Natalia, for being with me and being with us, all the viewers and listeners, and giving us a lot of uh, answers and also interesting insights. They were interesting to me. As I said, there are some things that I even wanted to kind of start a conversation with you and find out a little bit more. But unfortunately, sometimes, you know, my interests are not the same like for everyone, but maybe I should just do it and see where it goes. Thank you, dear viewers and listeners, for being with us. Uh, this podcast is made in partnership with the European Forum of LGBT Christian groups. Subscribe, like, share, support if you want. As said, all the necessary links are in the podcast description and you can always contact us, the European Forum or uh, me at uh, this podcast. So see you next time and bye to all of you watching and listening and bye Natalia and thank you. Bye.